Welcome to First Mile's Climate Heroes. I'm your host, Bruce Bratley, founder of recycling company First Mile. On this show, we meet and learn from the climate heroes who are building solutions right now to tackle climate change. of global carbon emissions are a direct consequence of what we consume at home. And, turns out, we're wasteful consumers. A third of the food we produce is thrown away, and half of the clothes we own are never worn. One solution to this is to consume more and share more, cutting waste and having a positive impact on planet and people. And my guest today is helping millions of people do just this. Tessa Clark is co-founder and CEO of Olio, the world's leading sharing app. Tessa, welcome to First Miles Climate Heroes. It's great to have you on the show. And as a past guest, it's fantastic you've come back to tell us what's happening at Olio in the last two years. I'm super excited to hear all about it. So Tessa, welcome to the show. Thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me back. It's fantastic. I think we've only had one other person back, so it's good. I, I'm always always happy to have people back and so everyone can desperately scroll through. I think it was probably about two years ago to see what we were talking about then. So I've probably done a, a very sort of shorthand introduction there. So could you tell our listeners um, all the good stuff that I've missed off? Um, tell us about Tessa and Olio, what's been going on, where you came from. I mean, keen to hear it in your own words. Yeah, certainly. So as we've just discussed, I'm based here today on my parents' farm up in North Yorkshire. So that's really where the Olio story started. That's where I got first-hand experience of just how much hard work goes into producing the food that we all eat and sadly chuck away um, every single day. So let me tell you a little bit about Olio. So Olio is an app that exists to tackle the enormous problem of waste in our homes and local communities. And we do that by connecting people with their neighbours so they can give and get, buy and sell, lend and borrow pre-loved household items and we also connect you with your neighbours so you can give away your spare food too and in addition to that we have about 100,000 trained volunteers who collect unsold food from local businesses such as Tesco, Iceland, Pret-a-Manger and more and they ensure that food is eaten rather than thrown away by giving it away to the people in their local community via the Olio app. And we've had about 7 million people join us so far. Wow, it's amazing. And your and your model's pretty unique, I think, because you can redistribute food that's, you can redistribute food very quickly. So sort of the traditional food bank, it needs to have some life left in it because it comes in and then is redistributed. But I think your community model, is it's sort of almost instant. It, it is. It is completely unique anywhere in the world. I don't think there's any other model like this. And the beauty of the Olio model is that any type of food can be given away via the app. There's only one rule. It, you cannot give away food that's after its use by date. But food that's after its best before date, for example, is more than welcome. Home cooked food, perhaps packets of food that have been opened, homegrown food, and, and chilled food, frozen food, hot food, we can uh, both sort of people in the home, but also our volunteers can safely redistribute all those different food types. And that definitely kind of differentiates us from the food banks and the charities, which are often only able to take quite a narrow range and type of food item. And when we spoke a couple of years ago, it was it was food and food you were doing primarily, but you were talking about potentially opening up the app to share goods and clothing etc i mean has that is that a big part of the business now or is it still predominantly food sharing 
So yes, it is a big part of the business now. So if you look at the pure sort of neighbor to neighbor sharing, so things that people are sharing from their homes, actually nowadays, roughly two thirds of the items that people are giving away are household items. So these are clothes, books, toys, kitchen appliances, toiletries, cleaning products. These are things that people don't wanna sell they don't want to ship them halfway across the country. They just want to press a button and automatically a happy, smiling neighbor shows up and takes them off their hands. So within the yeah, neighbor to neighbor part, it's the largest part of the activity. However, if you look at the app overall, still the largest volume of sharing that takes place is food. And that's thanks to the sheer volume of food that our volunteers are rescuing from businesses. Right. I've got it. And I guess if it's a neighbour to neighbour, you don't need the volunteer in that in that um, sort of transaction. No. So ev- everything on Olio is neighbour to neighbour. But in some of the instances, one of those neighbours is an Olio volunteer who has popped out of their home. They've gone across the road. They've gone, for example, to their local Tesco. They've picked up all of the unsold food from that Tesco. They've then brought it back to their home, added it to the Olio app. Their neighbours have then requested that and popped around to pick it up. And why would a volunteer do it? why would Tesco bother with it? What's the sort of um, pain points that you're winning on? Great question. Well, let's start off with the Tesco, the business first. So businesses are slowly but surely recognising that it is no longer acceptable to throw away perfectly good food. And in fact, UK businesses are throwing away over 2 billion meals of food every single year. And this is happening whilst there is a cost of living crisis where we have north of eight plus million people living in food poverty in this country. And we've also got the climate crisis. So food waste alone accounts for 10% of all greenhouse gas emissions. So businesses are recognising that they've got to take action on this issue. And they're being pushed to do so by their end users, their customers who are seeing those, you know, we've all seen them, right? Those clear bin bags at the end of the day that are out on the street or perhaps on the shop floor, full of perfectly good food that is uh, obviously about to be binned. So their customers are demanding it. Their employees are also demanding it. They're saying they find it really, really disheartening and demotivating and it makes them quite cross that they're being paid to throw away perfectly good food every single day when they know that there's solutions such as Olio out there and when they know that so many people in their community are struggling to put food on the table. So it's that sort of combination of their customers and their employees demanding it and then also their sustainability and the net zero targets are demanding it. So that's what's encouraging the businesses to donate the food. And, and then presumably the volunteer- also the business, yeah. sorry, the Tesco, if if they're not donating it, they have to pay um, a, a prehistoric company like First Mile to take it away <laughs> uh, <laughs> and recycle it. And it always pains me to see um, perfectly, as you said, it's that bag of perfectly edible food that ends up in our yeah. food waste bin and then we can't do anything about it. So presumably that's also a win for the business if they're not having to pay it waste is. management companies to take it away. Yes, exactly. So a lot of people are shocked to discover that businesses are having to pay waste contractors to take that food away. And that makes it, yeah, even more criminal that this food is kind of going into waste streams when it's when it, and not being eaten. So that's the kind of business side of things. And then the volunteers, they uh, are people who like us, believe that food should be eaten, not thrown away. And it's an incredibly fulfilling volunteering experience because you get to go to that store, you get to pick up all of that 
food and immediately you feel like we call them sort of our volunteers food waste heroes you do you feel like a hero because you are rescuing all that beautiful food and making sure that it is eaten you then go home you add it to the app you can do that from the convenience of your home generally outside of working hours and lots of people from your local community pop round to your home to pick that food up and these are people who most definitely want that food and in some instances they often need that food so it's really really rewarding to be able to give that food away that just half an hour or an hour ago had a price tag on it and then if they would like as a thank you we offer our volunteers the ability to retain 10% of what they pick up for themselves and for their own personal consumption and certainly for many of our volunteers this is a really important part of the volunteering experience as well and what we sort of really love is the stories that our volunteers share with us about the friendships that they have made the people that they have helped and just how great they feel and how it's really helping with their their mental health and just their kind of overall satisfaction with their life and feeling like they're contributing to their local community in this way and there was some research done in the, in the last 12 months around sort of the cost of living crisis about the stigma associated going with to, to, to food banks. And have you have you looked at, because it's more of a sort of local community activity, are people more willing to pop around and collect some food or maybe you haven't done that research? We have read lots of research that others have done highlighting exactly what you said, which is the fact that there is an enormous sense of stigma, rightly or wrongly, but people do feel a sense of stigma associated with uh, accessing food via food banks and, and charities. And when they're using Olio, they absolutely do not feel that stigma because Olio is for everybody. It's just about mainstream, common sense, sustainable living. It's about community, not charity. And you don't need to go to your GP to get a chit. There are no quotas. And also, quite uniquely, we have an awful lot of fresh fruit and vegetables. So actually, the largest single category of food shared on the app is fresh fruit and vegetables. Brilliant. And then on the non-food um, sharing side of things, what are the main um, items or categories of items that are shared through Olio for the sort of non-food element? So if you can think of something in your home, it has almost certainly been shared on the app. So what is amazing is is the array of items that you will find. The largest category is actually clothing, and that's roughly a quarter of all the listings on the app. And then there are a number of other categories that are all around about roughly the sort of 10% of our listings, whether that be toiletries or kitchen appliances, books, toys, etc. And do you have like big things like people trying to Furniture. donate their car? Oh, furniture's quite big, yeah. <laughs> furniture, I'd say probably more furniture than cars. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Furniture is one that people use Olio for a lot because furniture is incredibly bulky and a lot of people don't want to have to pay to move that furniture or, or have to pay the council to take it away to the tip. They want to give it a second life to someone who's living locally. And so we see an awful lot of furniture being shared. And in fact, just yesterday I was talking to an Olioer who shared a beautiful story with me about how she had given away a wardrobe via the app. And originally she said she had pushed on the app because she didn't want to have to pay to take that item with her on her move. And she did it for very financial reasons. She then met the lady who was coming to pick that wardrobe up, who was a young mum with a young daughter. And they ended up talking. The mum came in, they had tea for an hour and the lady who was giving the item away actually realised that she had the matching chest of drawers and bedside table 
she gave that away to the lady too, who uh, started crying with emotion because it was for her little girl and she hadn't been able to afford to furnish her bedroom until that point in time. So yeah, there are lots of incredible stories as to the positive impact that you can have on others in your community through sharing things from the bulky stuff through to the small stuff like a bottle of shampoo that you've used twice and doesn't work well with your hair. First Mile is the UK's leading waste management service. We help over 30,000 businesses reduce their carbon impact with our award-winning range of recycling solutions. Go to our website, which is thefirstmile.co.uk to get started today. If you're enjoying this episode, don't forget to subscribe. We have brand new episodes every Wednesday. And you say that this this sort of concept is not a new one and we did used to share things and you, you sort of say over over time and you know the probably the advent of mass consumerism um and industrialization we've just forgotten how to share um and how, how did that happen yeah we have forgotten how to share because a lot of people when we talk to them about olio or certainly in the early days they thought it was very strange this concept of sharing food and other items with people living nearby and what we want to stress is that what is very, very strange is the fact that we have stopped sharing. Humanity evolved to share our most precious resources. It started off with food and since then our other items. And it's really only in the last 50 years or so that we've forgotten how to share and we've replaced sharing instead with shopping. And I think sort of one of the many root causes of that is that in particular, if you look at food, actually, if you talk to most people, no one enjoys throwing food in the bin. But the reason why people do that is because we're no longer connected to our local community. People have moved away from their families. And so we no longer have anyone to give our spare stuff to. And what we're trying to do is to reconnect you with your local community. So you do have someone to give your stuff to. And we've done it in such a way to make it really safe and easy and convenient. There's then this sort of you've you've touched on it a few examples. There's this sort of positive social impact of sharing, but is it something that is actually going to have a wider impact if we share? Is it safer? Make the you know make communities safer? Does it does it help us understand how we're all um, sort of the health of society? I guess is it is it is it something we should be thinking about more because the, the stats, the sort of environmental stats on sharing. I want to come back to these as well. It's phenomenal. But this social impact I found really interesting. And is it something we can measure? So in a word, yes, it is. And this is definitely something that really surprised Sasha, my co-founder, and I. Because when we founded Olio, we came at this just with the environmental lens and the inefficiency of our economies and how everything works today. And we just wanted to build a really efficient marketplace that would solve the problem of waste. What we very quickly discovered was that people came to Olio because they hated waste, but they kept using Olio and they raved about it because they loved the sense of the community that we built. So people told us, precisely as you alluded to, they said, I actually feel safer in my home now because I know people who live near me. I know people who are looking out for me and for my home. We have heard people tell us that since they've joined Olio, they feel less lonely. It has really improved their mental health. They have built relationships and connections with people from all different walks of life from themselves. And so it's really helped to increase that social cohesion. And we recently ran a survey and got some stats on this. 
So 40% of our community tell us that they have made friends through using Olio. 66% say that sharing has improved their mental health. And 75% say that sharing has improved their financial well-being as well. So, and I think this is what's really, really exciting because too often when we're talking and thinking about the climate crisis, it can be very negative and people can assume that it means that we're depriving ourselves and going without and, and it's a sort of a worse version of the world that we're going to live in if we need to solve the climate crisis. But actually, on the basis of our experience, we firmly believe that we're going to be building a far better world. And that kind of that social impact combined with the environmental impact is where the real magic happens. I guess from that sort of changing how society thinks about goods and services, are you also looking at, say, if I've got a drill or a, I don't know, a piece of DIY equipment, could I then say to people, if you want to borrow my, um, I guess it's sort of like, you know, instead of buying something, you, ha- you rent it, but rather than going down to the HSS hire shop, could you go onto the Olio app and say, actually, I want to borrow a drill for an hour? or something like that. Yes, you can. So we fairly recently launched a section in the app called Borrow. And there are thousands of items that people have popped onto the app that they are happy for their neighbours to borrow from them for free. We haven't yet launched renting into the app. That's something I would very much like to do a bit further down the line. And we've had thousands and thousands of those things being lent out. And actually, I was very excited because just the other day, I um, had someone request to borrow a pasta machine that I have put on the app. And that's one of those sort of, you know, good intentions. Got it as a Christmas present a few years ago, hardly ever use it. And it was, it just felt so amazing to hand it over to someone else for them to borrow to have fun making pasta. And we see people lending everything from air mattresses, disco balls, tennis rackets, kitchen appliances, and absolutely everything in between. And actually that's sort of a good point because I don't think there's any tr- any financial transactions anywhere on the app, which I guess is borrow versus rent. Or have you since since we last spoke? Have you started well, to? We, yeah, we we, <laughs> we have slightly developed since right. we last spoke in this area. So the vast majority of what happens on Olio is people giving away food and other household items for free. We've then also touched on lending and borrowing. Again, that's done for free. And the final thing that we launched a couple of months ago is the ability for our community to be able to sell their secondhand household items to one another. And this is really, it was kind of very much in response to the cost of living crisis, where we recognised that actually not everybody could afford to or wanted to give away all of the surplus household items that they had and yeah we've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of listings being added to the app for sale which is really exciting and the beauty of that is it's hyper local it's neighbor to neighbor there's no shipping of anything it's all done sort of cash on the doorstep and yeah we're really excited by that development and what olio can offer to people which is, I was going to ask you about how the the, the, the very large uh, global auction house eBay thought about that. Um, but I guess that's the USP. It's very, very local and there's no shipping involved. Is that the key difference? It is, yeah. So everything about Olio is local. So 60% of all the activity that takes place on the app is between two people who live less than a 10 minute walk away from each other. So there's no shipping anywhere on Olio. 
And how is Olio going down internationally? I know that you're sort of in, in several countries. Is that a, an area of, of focus and growth? Or are you sort of sticking to the territories that you're in and trying to go deeper? So we have had quite a lot of international growth and that has happened pretty organically, i.e. people who are just really passionate about Olio, they want to be able to use it in their community, wherever they might be in the world, has been using our materials to spread the word about Olio and get their communities going. So we've had items successfully shared in 63 countries so far, but uh, and the largest countries where we have the largest communities outside of the UK are in Singapore and also in, in Latin America. But for us as a team, we're really focused on the UK right now. And in particular, in addition to building out the neighbor to neighbor component of what we've just discussed, so adding on the borrow section, also the selling section, the real area of focus for us as an organization right now is trying to sign up many, many more businesses to get them donating their unsold food at the end of the day. So we have historically been very focused on supermarket sectors. So for example, working with Tesco in Iceland and, and people such as Pret-a-Manger, we're now starting to branch out into new sectors. So hotels, sports stadiums, corporate canteens, hospital canteens, school canteens, events, because there are so many places in our local communities where businesses are throwing away food beyond just the supermarkets and, and the coffee shops. So we're really working very, very hard to drive awareness of Olio in those sectors. On this show, we're building a hall of fame for climate heroes, and we always ask our wonderful guests to leave something in First Mile's Climate Heroes Hall of Fame. So what or who would it be? So I would put the black bin bag into the Hall of Fame. It hides a multitude of sins. I dearly would love it to become a museum relic. And I think once we have achieved that, then we will definitely be living in a world in which we have solved the climate crisis and we're all living far more sustainably. I love it. In the interest of transparency, um, metaphorically and literally, it'd be great. 100%. I have long believed that if we all had to have transparent bin bags showing us exactly what we were throwing away, then I think we would have been thinking far harder about the problem of waste than we have to date. So Tessa, we've talked huge amounts about you and Olio, but in your view, what's the best Buck TV programme, film, poem, piece of music what should we all be listening to or watching or reading at the moment well if i can be a bit cheeky i have chosen three books that were a really transformative read for me on the climate crisis so the first one was naomi klein's book capitalism versus the climate second one is paul gilding's the great disruption and the third one is jason hickel's book less is more. And across those three books, they really do cover sort of the root causes of the climate crisis, but also they point us in the direction that we need to move in to solve it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're my first guest to have done a TED talk. And uh, I want to plug it because absolutely brilliant. Uh, so just Google TED, TED talk, Tessa Clark, Olio, it'll come up. Definitely worth a listen. It's really good. How was that experience? Um, were you, were you a, a bag of nerves? Is it recorded live? Has it been good for you and the business? Has it all, tell us all about it. Well, it's an absolutely 
terrifying and humbling <laughs> and exhilarating experience all at once. Yes, it is recorded live. So mine was roughly 12 minutes with no notes, no auto cue, very, very few slides. And actually what was challenging is you have to remember to switch, click the few slides that you have sort of on and off. And every single word of your script, you'd sort of been through and had to be word perfect and uh, their research team are really really rigorous about ensuring that you only say stuff that is 100% sort of factually correct and sourced etc so there was quite a lot of pressure and to be delivering such an important message as well uh, sort of on behalf of humanity but also on behalf of my co-founder Sasha everyone who works at Olio all our community you know and it's a TED talk <laughs> So yes, it was it was uh, a really big deal, and I worked very very hard for that. I'm absolutely thrilled that it's had well over a million views so far, and I really hope it gets many millions more because sort of the main message in that talk is about the importance of getting us all sharing instead of shopping, and the other main message is around the power of individual action because I do feel that around the climate crisis right now, you know, all the data shows this, people are feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling anxious, they don't know what to do, they don't know where to start and they feel powerless and they can see that governments and businesses are doing not nearly enough. And our message is a really, really simple one. It's the belief that the climate crisis was caused by billions of small actions and so by this very same logic, it can be solved by billions of small actions and the fact that we do have far more power than we think we have. I think everybody recognises that the climate crisis is only going to be solved by collective action. And what is collective action but the aggregate of lots and lots of individual actions? And so our message really for everything to do with the climate crisis is just to, to get going, take those small baby steps because cumulatively they add up to transformative change. It's a, it's a brilliant TED Talk, so I would recommend anyone to, to, to download it, have a listen to it. It uh, talks about us shopping ourselves to extinction as well, which I love that sort of that phrase. We definitely don't want to do that. It'd be, it'd be, if we're going to be extinct, it would be a terrible way to go. Um, yes. <laughs> I'd rather get hit by a meteorite. What's coming up at Olio then that uh, you're excited about that you can share with us? Well, as I've already kind of touched on, we're really focused right now in expanding the Food Waste Heroes program into those new sectors and just trying to get on board as many hotels and canteens and events and stadiums as we possibly can. And I think like many other businesses working in the climate space, we're also working very hard on our business model and ensuring that we're sustainable, viable business, in particular in light of the dramatically changed macroeconomic environment, which means that we can't sort of go out and fundraise for growth in the same way that we would have done previously. So there's, we're doing an awful lot of work just in terms of sort of how we operate and function as an organization. But what is exciting is that it feels like the time is finally ripe for Olio. We've been around for so seven or eight years now. And I would say for five or six of those years, we were definitely early to market. But thankfully, it does feel in the past year or two that we are now collectively waking up to the fact that not only is the climate crisis real, but it is happening and it's happening now. So yeah, we're, we're looking forward to re you know, continued and accelerated growth going forwards. And what does that success look like? So another 
five years, three years? What's your time frame? And, and what's this? I mean, you're hugely ambitious um, to have got to the, the scale you're at after only six or seven years. And so what, what's the what's the Tessa's and Sasha's success metric? Well, the, the grand ambition, and it's a terrifying one, but an important one, is we have set ourselves a target of a billion people oleoing and sharing the world's most precious resources by 2030. And the reason for that is really simple. We don't stand any chance whatsoever of living in a 1.5 or even 2 degree warmed world unless we start giving away rather than throwing away our spare food and other household items. We have got to be sharing instead of shopping. And I believe that all of us will be healthier, will be wealthier, will be happier. Everything will be much more sustainable if we can achieve that goal. Great. Billion people only owned by 2030. I love it. Tessa, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on First Mile Climate Heroes. Thanks very much for coming on the show. Before you go, can you tell everybody where they can find Olio and uh, your social media? Uh, links etc yes certainly so you can find olio so it's o-l-i-o in the app store in google play our website is olioapp.com and we are also olio app on social media as well easy enough to find tessa thanks very much for coming on the program thank you i'm bruce Bratley, and you've been listening to first miles climate heroes where we meet incredible people making an impact to tackle climate change. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and subscribe to the show. We have brand new episodes every Wednesday.